Perhaps in the history of the world, our times are the most inclusive and with the most opportunities than, again, perhaps any other time in human history. There is very little that is closed off to us. We still have a ways to go in order to make our society a more just and better place for everyone, but the opportunities are almost endless in terms of what we can do. However, a side effect of this, especially in our social media age, is that when we are not included or when we are deliberately rejected or excluded, the pain is significant. And even the implication that we are being left out or cast aside is one of the great weights that we carry in our life. It's not always been this way. For instance, if you were to break up with a significant other nowadays, you'd have to probably change your social media or get rid of that person or someone's going to be sharing with you what that person's doing, who they're dating, so on and so forth. When I was in high school, that was not the case. I broke up with a girl who I was dating for like two months. Well, she broke up with me. I'll be honest with you about that. <laughs> I had forgotten that we were dating, and it was, just, it was just for her to break up with me. But she was a friend of my sister's, and I didn't think about her or see her for like three or four months. Then we ran into each other at a party. But now, if we were to have that, I would be friends with her or following her. She'd be following me, and then you've got to make that decision. Do I unfollow her? Are we still friends? What's that going to say? And it's ridiculous. But it puts all this pressure on us to live constantly in comparison to other people. We constantly have to be attentive to these things. What messages am I sending out? Am I doing all of the things necessary to include as many people? When the reality is, at times, we're going to be excluded. We're going to be rejected. That's a part of life. It's also a part of living in this world as a member of the church. Following the teachings of Christ and His church are going to mark us as other. They're going to put us in tension and sometimes in conflict with the people in our life whom we love. And those people are going to be in conflict with us because of what the church teaches. And even within the church, there can be this tension between us to think that somehow or another we're in competition with each other for holiness. We can have good friends, virtuous friendships, and we can see someone else striving, and we can be struggling, and we can create this artificial rejection, this artificial exclusion. And it can drive a wedge between us and even those who are closest to us. Friends, this happens even within Christian marriage. This is a challenge that we must face head on. And our blessed Lord in the Gospel today shows us something that we need to be attentive to. In the Gospel, the Canaanite woman who was other, who was excluded from the Jewish community because she was a pagan, because she was a foreigner, she comes to Jesus and is rebuked, is pushed back not only by the Lord, but also by the apostles. Why is that? Jesus was without sin, so he did not do anything mean or hurtful to her. The apostles may have, because they're sinful. But Jesus didn't do that. But why would he allow that? He allowed it so that that woman and so that we, who are reading the story 2,000 years later, could also come to this truth. It is in those moments when we are confused. It is in those moments when we are hurting. 
It is in those moments when we are crying out that God is closest to us. And that those are actually the most important moments of our lives. We think of the mountaintop moments as the important moments. And those are good and those are wonderful. But love is a choice. Love is an act of the will. It's not something we think. It's not something we feel. It is something that we do. And Jesus wants your heart. He doesn't just want to be a wonder worker in your life. He can do that. In a few moments, bread and wine will become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. That's pretty incredible. But he wants to be more than something that happens and does powerful things. He wants union with you. He wants to be everything in your life, and he wants you to be everything to him. But it's the choice that we make as free creatures. It's in these moments, and I want to point out, especially to our students today, and I say this, this is not hyperbolic, this is not melodramatic, this Mass is one of the most important moments of your life. Because as a student, whether you're a new student or a returning student, you get to choose, like the Canaanite woman, what you do in relationship to Jesus right here and right now. Jesus is offering it to you. It's not easy to follow him. Maybe you're in a point in your faith where you're struggling to believe. Maybe you're at a point in your faith where you're thinking about walking away. Maybe you're at a point in your faith where it's become really hard to follow Jesus because the weight of the cross is truly laid upon your shoulders. Jesus loves you. Jesus is there. Jesus is inviting you to give him everything. Because as St. Paul said in that beautiful second reading from the letter to the Romans, the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. He will never stop pursuing you. He will never stop making you the most important thing. His love for you is perfect. It is infinite. He will constantly come after you, no matter the cost. In fact, we know the cost. It is the cross. In that cost, he's saying to you and to me, in that eternal sacrifice of Calvary, that you are always worth it. And I will always come after you. But it's also an invitation. Will you join the Lord? Will you come after Him? And in His providential care for you, in God's providence and in God's mercy, He created and established in the church, the church itself, but then this church. Students, this place exists for you. The love of the church, not only universal and in the archdiocese, but here in this community is so strong that we have put this missionary outpost of love, of healing, of mercy, of truth, of beauty here on campus so that you might have a home, so that you might have a place to come and to cry out when no one else is listening and to be heard, to be known, to be loved, to be valued. Because the reality is this, if you haven't experienced it already, you're going to struggle, you're going to suffer, you're going to fail. You're going to fall into serious sin. You're not going to know what to do. You're going to be confused. And guess what? We're always going to be here for you. And we're looking forward to those moments. When I wake up every moment, I pray every morning, Lord, send me someone who is far from you or put me in their life. 
Because the Lord came into this world not for the well, he tells us, but for the sick, for those who are suffering, for those who are in need of a physician. And we are a home for everyone, but we are especially a home for those who are sick, for those who are fearing, feeling distant, for those who are crying out. This is the time for you to make that choice. For you to cry out. And for the Lord to reward you as he did the Canaanite woman. And so I have three things that I want to challenge you with this year as you step into the school year, students. The first thing is this. Do something hard for Jesus. I say that because I don't just say get involved. You can get involved in a million things. Do something that's going to cost you something. Whether that be joining a Bible study, whether that mean going on a retreat for a weekend, whether that mean coming and keeping an hour with the Lord in Eucharistic Adoration here, or signing up for one of the midnight hours of Eucharistic Adoration over at St. Charles, or simply living your faith courageously on campus, that's, not, that's courageous, that, that counts. But do something hard for Jesus. Do something that's going to cost you something. Cry out. Make a fool of yourself. Do something that makes following Jesus an important part of your life. The second thing is this. Have a plan. By the end of this week, you should know, when am I going to Mass every Sunday? When am I going to go to confession? Am I going to join a Bible study? And which one? Have that plan so that every week you know what you're going to do for the Lord. It's wonderful to have these great ambitions, but if they don't manifest themselves in practical things you're going to end up very far from the Lord. And I speak to you as someone who has had that experience in my own life. When the Lord was not a priority in terms of my planning, He was not a priority. And years later, I came to realize that as much as I thought I was close to the Lord, I was so far away and so lost. And the last thing is this. Do something hard for Jesus. Make a plan to follow the Lord. Cry out. Keep crying. Keep yelling for the Lord. It is better to cry out. We hear in in the book of Revelation that be hot or cold, the lukewarm I vomit from my mouth. Don't be afraid of being the stick, the the thorn in the side, the one that's constantly causing a ruckus, the one who's constantly asking those questions. That might be what stokes the fire of your faith. Keep asking the Lord. Are you struggling with a particular sin? Keep coming to confession. Keep asking the Lord for His help. Are you in need of friends? Are you feeling isolated? Don't, ask, don't stop asking your friends for help. If they truly love you, they will say yes. In 1978, when Pope St. John Paul II was celebrated his first Mass as Holy Father, he had this great line. And I leave it with you tonight. As we stand here at this moment, As we stand here and we get to choose whether we allow ourselves to feel spurned and rejected and far or we cry out to the Lord. He stood there and he faced a world that was divided between communism and capitalism, between autocratic governments and democracy, a church that was divided between left, right, up, down, whatever we want to call it. And he had prophetic words to say to each and every one of us. Do not be afraid. Open wide the doors to Christ. Do not be afraid. Open wide the doors to Christ. Because He will never leave you by the wayside. He will never leave you spurned and dejected. 
He will always bring you home. He will always lift you up.